Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. to ask you a question today. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? How would you answer that question? It it may be something fun. Friday, I I met up with some friends uh, who have some connections to good mushroom hunting. Which, ooh, yeah, if you you know those folks, like, you, you buy them breakfast, right? So I had a connection with some mushroom hunting buddies, and so we, we went out behind Stanley, and we were hoping to find some mushrooms. And as we're walking down these ridges, I mean, it looks like the rest of the mountains I've walked all my life, but, like, I had the hope, because I've seen the pictures of them holding hundreds of morels, merkels, whatever you like to call them, from this same space. And I, I told I said, there's no way without hope of finding them, like, I would never go do this on my own. So on Friday, I was hoping to find some mushrooms, what are you hoping for today? Maybe it's an afternoon nap. Maybe you're hoping your little ones take a nap so you can take a nap too. That's a little bit what happened around our house. Maybe, maybe you're hoping to retire. Maybe you're hoping that just in a couple more years, I'm going to take that leap and I'm going to smash my phone and no more emails. Maybe that's what you're hoping for today. Maybe, maybe today what you're hoping for is much more significant, maybe even deeper than that. Maybe, maybe today you're hoping that a doctor's going to call with a better report. Or, or maybe that some test results are going to come back favorable. Maybe you're hoping for reconciliation within a relationship, within your family or a, a, a coworker or someone that you know. Maybe you're hoping for a new job, a fresh start, a new way forward. What? are you hoping for today? So many of these things that we hope for are good things, things that we all have in common that we're waiting for, that we're anticipating, that we're longing for, but ultimately deep down we know that most of these things just aren't sure. They they aren't strong. They just aren't a guaranteed thing before us. Many of our everyday hopes can pass away in an instant leaving us bewildered, depressed, anxious, even frustrated at times at life because our hopes matter. There's something deep within every one of us that depends on hope. Pastor and author Rick Warren once said, we don't need hope because we might die tonight. We need hope because we might live tomorrow. That's hope. 
We need something to fix our eyes on, to believe in, to work towards. And when we don't have that, the results can be crippling and devastating to us. And perhaps this is coming into even sharper focus over the last couple years as we've seen waves of COVID and economic crisis and now a world at war. The normal things we've looked to in the past for hope are certainly rocked and shattered before us. Friends, where our hope comes from and what it's placed in matters. And I would propose to you today that is why we need a new hope. A new hope. And the good news today for us, friends, is that through the resurrection of Jesus, we can have new life and a new hope. The resurrection of Jesus says, behold, I am making all things new. We need a new hope. And with that, I I welcome you back to our teaching series, All Things New. And throughout this Easter series, we've been basing this idea on the fact that we not only like new, new cars and new boats. Can I get an amen from the boat people? New fishing gadgets, Amazon boxes. We like these new things, but we desperately need new. And something that no Amazon box or even a new boat is going to satisfy. We have a deep longing to know that there is more than the brokenness we see, the brokenness that we feel We have a longing for new life in Christ, for a new hope even, a living hope that is strong and sure that will never disappoint us. As we dive into our teaching text today, I would ask that you think about your life in these moments. Think about your hope even in these moments. Would you say that you're hopeful? Like when you think ahead, when you think about Monday, tomorrow, Do you have hope? Do you have a confidence in Christ Jesus that his plan, that no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what Monday throws at you, that the resurrection, the redemption plan of Jesus is going to go forward and that you're going to be a part of it? Do you have a hope like that? Or maybe today your hope has faded. Maybe you would even say it's dead. The things you were trusting in haven't come true. Maybe they've fallen apart. Are you ready for a new hope? Would you embrace Jesus in new life and new hope today? Would you pray with me as we turn to our teaching text? Father in heaven, we come before you humbled that we can worship you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And that, Lord, our humble voices enter the throne room of heaven. And, Lord, that you take pleasure in us honoring you. Lord, that's mind-blowing. That's grace. That's love. And so today we thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your resurrection life. And Lord, the opportunity, the inheritance we have of new hope in you. So Lord, as we open your word today, open our eyes and open our hearts, Lord, reveal to us the places we have placed our hope. Show us if we needed to place our hope in you today. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1 today. 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 3. In just a moment's context, Peter's writing the Apostle Peter, you know, the one we see throughout the Gospels, uh, always taking the charge, always taking the forefront, and and he kind of developed a taste for his own shoe. We've all been there, we've all done that. 
But this is the Peter. He, he's writing to people, to Christians who are outside uh, the capital city there, and they're facing persecution. They're having a difficult time because they've confessed Jesus, because they're experiencing his resurrection. And so today we're going to see just a small portion of the apostles' reminder to them of whose they are and just what hope they have because of Jesus. So we're going to begin in verse 3 there in 1 Peter chapter 1, reading out of the NIV. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, as Peter begins here, we're just going to unpack a little bit of what he's doing in the movement of his thinking and his flow of thought. He begins by offering praise to God. That's a great place to start, amen? He's offering praise to God for who he is and his character and his eternal nature. And he's identified already as the source of new life and the new hope that we can experience in Jesus. And it's out of God's abundant mercy that we can experience new life and, yes, that we can have new hope. It's through the resurrection. And we see that this hope is a real thing. It's not just well wishes or positive mental attitude. It's a real thing given to us in Christ Jesus. It's a present help and it's a future reality for every believer in Jesus Christ. Now this is a living hope because it's eternal and it's placed in Christ Jesus and his unchanging character. And we begin to see there a little bit of difference between dead hope and living hope. You see, something that we place our hope in that's circumstantial or a thing of the world that we know is just not sure, those things are ultimately dead because they don't have that eternal power of Christ Jesus. That's why Peter's calling us to a living hope. Our hope in Christians is placed in the person of Jesus and his word. And yes, his word about the future. Our hope is alive because he is alive. That's good news today, friends. That's good news. It's this new life that we find in Christ that is the entrance or the gateway, if you will, into new hope that we can be brought into. And it's all based out of the resurrection of Jesus. That's the redemptive act that Peter has highlighted as the source and the cause of new hope. It's new life in Christ that gives us new hope for today and for tomorrow. But in this, we, we hear something about inheritance. What, what's he talking about there? What's he, what's he pointing us to? What are we to look forward to? Now, we would know that in this present tense that we have God alive in us now, that that's salvation, that's new life, that's our present reality in Christ Jesus because of the resurrection. But we also, we also as God's children are a part of his grand redemption story that one day will restore and redeem all of creation. You heard that this morning in Pastor John's prayer. We didn't talk before service. But we're a part of a story that is so big, that is so grand, that all of creation is wrapped up in it. That's our inheritance. That's what we can place our hope into. And we hear even the curtain pulled back a little bit farther as you get to the end of, of Scripture in Revelation 21, verse 3. He says, and now I heard a loud voice from the throne room saying, look, 
God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Friends, that's our inheritance in Jesus. That what's ahead of us in Christ is no more pain, no more sin, no more obituaries. It's new and it's eternal. That's our inheritance in Christ Jesus. That's what we can place our hope into. That's our inheritance. That's the good news of salvation in Jesus. That's the good news of Easter and beyond, that we are not only freed and forgiven, but we're brought into God's eternal redemption story. We have a new hope, friends, in Jesus that brings power and brings transformation into our lives. We can live differently because we are a people of hope, and we are a people of new life. And friends, I, I just can't help but think of my friend Renee Torres today. Now, now, Renee, he, he, he went home to be with the Lord just a little over a week ago. And, you know, he was a man of hope. He, he had been a part of our church staff there in Harrisonburg since the early 2000s. And, and because he trusted in Jesus, he's worshiping in heaven today. That's hope. But, you see, he had hope throughout his life because if you knew him... He loved nothing more than helping other people, than showing love to other people. And a lot of times that was through some really good food, like really good cooking, okay? And I remember one time Renee was working at the church, and he was also working at Subway there in Weir's Cave. And he, so he's working two jobs, trying to get ahead. And, and in the middle of all of that, like if, as if that's not enough, if people like hitchhikers or somebody homeless would come through the Subway, I couldn't tell you how many times he would come in the next morning and tell me that he took some stranger into his home, gave him a shower and a place to stay and a hot meal and packed their lunch for the next day. Like that's the power of transformation and hope. He had been given so much, he so freely gave it away. And now, friends, the hope that he had realized in the present tense of his everyday life is now realized afresh and new in the presence of Jesus his Lord. That's living hope. That's the power of the resurrection of Jesus that we're invited into in Christ. As we look back at our passage, Peter's really helping us to see the twofold time element of our story as Jesus believers. First, we, we know we have the present tense hope uh, in Christ of who he is and, and what he's done within us and what he's doing all around us now. The hope that we see happening in our world, the freedom and the power we have to live a transformed life. We have that present reality, and Peter's helping us to see the future hope that we have that's not yet realized. That one day we're going to get to be standing in the middle of that Revelation 21 text, in the middle of all things new. There's a twofold time element to our hope today, friends. The story of God is not over. The story that you see on news is not the whole story. The truth of Jesus and his redemption plan is the ultimate reality of our world today, friends. How would this reality, how would concentrating on the good news and the story of Jesus change your outlook on life today? How would it change how you listen to the news headlines or your podcasts or your social feed? How would our fixed focus 
on the story of Jesus and his redemption plan, how, how would that change how you view the next election? How would that change how you feel about the economy or the pandemic or the impending supply chain issues? How would that change your everyday experience in life to fixate on the sure hope of Jesus? How would that change? How would that change how we feel about the mistakes we've made? Or maybe even the mistakes we're going to make. How would hope transform the view of our everyday life? Peter continues in our text in verse 6. He's going to show us just a little bit more of that transformation. How it changes our outlook on everything. Even the hard things that we can endure. So let's pick back up in our text in in chapter 1 verse 6. We're going to read through the balance of verse 9. He says, in all of this, you greatly rejoice. So all that truth that we just unpacked, all our eternal inheritance, the gift of God now in our lives and yet to come. In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Is that true for you today, friends? Is that true for me? For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. It's within this light of eternity, the promise of God's ultimate renewal, that we can frame our even present sufferings, the hard things, the loss, the grief that we endure now. Because you see, Peter has brought in another time element here in verse 6. He says that our griefs and our suffering, the trials that we experience now, are only for a little while. And you see, what he's doing, he's framing the light of our lives today, the difficulties, the trials. He's taking that and zooming out into all of God's story, saying, look, what you're journeying through now, friends, is only for a little while. Because your hope is eternal, and it is alive. He's brought in another time element for us to consider. And he's using the imagery of gold being refined by fire, and at which point they, they would heat up gold and the impurities would rise to the top and they clean it off. And it, it's through that refining process, that imagery that he's using, he's saying that the trials we're facing now in this short window are serving to refine and strengthen our faith, our perseverance in Christ Jesus. You, you might think of these trials a little bit like exercise. Nobody really does it, but we got to go through it anyway, Right? Or nobody really enjoys it, but we know somewhere amidst the pain and the heavy breathing and sweating, it's doing something good. Trials can be an exercise of our faith that's strengthening us. Though hard and challenging, they're strengthening us. Peter is nowhere denying the reality of the difficulties that we face, of the pain, of the brokenness that we're experiencing. But he's offering a different way to see it. A different way to look at it. And and throughout the New Testament, he's not alone. Paul says it this way in Romans 5, 1 through 5. He says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see, that's new life language there. 
And he continues on. He says, not only so, not only so, we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, that perseverance, character, and character, hope. And in verse 5, he says this way. He says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friends, that's transformation. That's the power of Jesus in your life to not only radically redeem your life, but to give you a new hope, a new entire outlook for the things you're experiencing in your life today. It's transformation. And and for the New Testament writers, this was not an abstract idea. It was not a, a faraway claim. You remember James in the beginning of his letter, he says this crazy line about consider it all joy when you encounter trials of many kinds, right? You remember that? James was one of the first apostles to be martyred. Peter, that we're reading his letter here, he was crucified upside down for his faith. And Paul, who we just read in Romans, he was beheaded for his faith. This was not an abstract idea. This was a fixed reality that these men leveraged their life to see fulfilled. That's the power of transformation and hope. That's the raw power of a a heart filled with hope and new life in Jesus that's confident in the presence of God. And I I understand, like, it it can be easy to just think that somehow hope is sticking our head in the sand and just hoping it's all going to go away. But I don't think it's it. I think it's more grand than that. It's bigger than that. It's more powerful than that. That hope is really the only true way we can see the life that we live. That's the lens we see it through. That's the only proper response as Jesus believers. is to live transformed in new life and a new hope. So what would it look like? What does this merger of transformation, of new life, of new hope look like? What does it look like when the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrated last Sunday in Easter, what does it look like when that resurrection power radically transforms a life and gives new hope? I would propose to you today that it's transformation that will transcend generations to come. I think it can look a little bit like this story from Lacey Stern. My mom always told me about God. I think I had an idea that God was big and good, but as time went on and I saw more and more tragic things happen around me, I think that was the beginning of me just questioning everything about life and about God. When I was 10 years old, my stepdad came to pick me up and he said that my cousin Kelly was dead. I remember being so mad and really just just deciding that if God was big and good, why wouldn't he protect my cousin who was so tiny and so awesome, such a funny, brilliant little guy. Why wouldn't God protect him from a huge muscle guy like his stepdad who beat him to death? I remember thinking that same year that my cousin died about the depth of the evil in the world. I never wanted to have kids. It was just a new person to suffer. That was the year I started to cry myself to sleep every night and stopped believing in God. 
couldn't get away from my own depression. So I started studying other religions. There was a lot of nice ideas, but there wasn't any tangible healing. And I remember thinking, I'm tired of the pain in my heart. I'm tired of going to bed that way. I'm tired of feeling like a burden. I'm just tired of not knowing why I'm alive. And so I remember the night I laid in bed and I knew I was going to commit suicide the next day. I knew that I was not going to live past tomorrow. On the day that I planned to commit suicide, I came home from school and my grandma was there and she wasn't supposed to be there. And she looked at me and said, there's something wrong with you. You're gonna go to church. I was like, no way I'm going to church. And she screamed at the top of her lungs like we were fighting back and forth and I just didn't wanna listen to her yell anymore. And so I decided, fine, I'll go. And then afterwards, I'll go ahead and follow through with my plan. So I went to the back of the church and slumped down in my chair and hated everybody in the room. And the pastor started speaking. I hated him more than anyone. And he says, there's a suicidal spirit in the room. And of course, all the hair stood up on the back of my neck and I was, well, this is really weird. <laughs> and I got up and went to the door a white-headed man is standing there and he stopped me and it was like, the Lord wants me to speak to you. He wants you to know that even though you've never known an earthly father, that God will be a better father to you than any earthly father could ever be. God knows the pain in your heart. He's seen you cry yourself to sleep at night. The idea was so overwhelming to me He's like, do you want me to pray for you so that Jesus can take the pain out of your heart? He put his hand on my shoulder and started to pray. It was as if the God of the universe showed up right in front of me. And the first thing I noticed was that God was holy and good. And the second thing I noticed was that I was so not holy and not good. If God had looked at me and said, go away forever, he would have been right. It would have been just as. The same time I felt that, I felt him inviting me to an embrace of grace and love unconditional. It was like God was saying, I love you. I know you're tired of the way you've been living, and I will make you new if you will let me. My heart was just, yes, it just said, yes, I, I need that, I want that, please. And that's why I woke up the next day. I just felt such a peace and a joy almost that I'd never felt before. Jesus saved my life. And on top of everything else, 
the life of my son and the new baby that wouldn't be if Jesus hadn't intervened and rescued me. The most overwhelming thing is to think that Jesus became sin and it was my sin and it was things that I've done the house him on the cross it was things that I've done he hung naked on a cross bleeding in a shameful way so that I would never have to be shamed for the things that I've done the truth is the truth is there is no other way besides Christ and what he did there's no life outside of that God says, I will make you new if you will let me. I will make you new if you'll let me. Um, in conclusion today, um, I'm going to invite you to respond. You know, we, we've been coming through this Easter series. I mean, we started, uh, well, four weeks ago now. Uh, I mean, we, we began looking at the character of God and how new is not only what God does, it's a part of who he is. He's always eternal life. He's ever being made new. And his story is ever making things new. And then we look at the new rules of the new kingdom, of the new way of living. And we look last week at the new life in Christ that's available to us. And you know, friends, I... I don't know if anybody ever watches cooking shows. Like, we like diners, drive-ins, and dives at our house. Guy Fietti, bleach blonde hair, red Camara. He goes around all these restaurants, and he describes all the food and how they're making it, and the sweet and the salty and the savory and all the ingredients. But, you know, as many episodes as I've watched, I've not one time gotten to taste it with him. Not once. Can't even smell it. And, friends, I don't want us to come all the way through this series about resurrection life and not taste it for ourselves. Because I, we can communicate it till we're blue in our face, but unless you experience it, you'll never really know what it means. You'll never know its power at the dead center of your soul, giving you hope and new life and power and freedom to live differently. Right there in the middle of those hard things and those challenging circumstances. You'll never know what it is to have your hopes transformed to know that no matter what Fox says about tomorrow, God says, I'm making everything new, and you're a part of it in Christ Jesus. You've got to experience it for yourself. It doesn't do to just know about it, to just hear about it on TV. You've got to know it. And so, friends, I'm inviting you to respond today. Maybe... Maybe today you need to receive this new life and this new hope for the very first time. I said it last weekend, and it's just as true today that you're not here today at 414 South East Side Highway by accident. You may have been here ever since we opened. You're not here today by accident. Will you embrace him today and new life and new hope? And if that's for you for the first time, your prayer today can be so simple. 
You, you can sincerely from your heart say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you to make me new. And I'm placing my trust and my hope in you as my Lord and Savior today. That can be the prayer from a humble heart God will use to change your life forever. Maybe today you're starting to discern a little bit that your hopes have been anchored in some things that were dead. Things of this world. And Jesus is saying, will you trust in me? Will you let my truth be your ultimate authority? Be the story that you leverage your life to see happen. Maybe today you need to transfer your trust to him. And to his story and to his word. And finally today, maybe, maybe God's calling you to begin to share your hope. Just like our brother Renee did. You know, when, when he passed, he had two Easter invitations taped, literally taped, to the side of his truck. One in English and one in Spanish. He wanted to share hope. And friends, that's a challenge for every one of us today. And maybe today God is calling you to leverage your story, to leverage your life, to share the good news and the hope of Jesus with those around you. I think we all have a response today. So as the band plays, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to pray. Father in heaven, we, we praise your name, Lord. That, that's that's got to be where we start. Lord, as King of kings and Lord of lords, we have to humble ourselves before you and just say thank you. Praise your holy name. And Lord, we stand before you as debtors, those in need of transformation, Lord, because sin has so warped our story, so warped our experience, Lord. We don't just need a mild correction. We need a total transformation into the image of Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for that heart today that's asking you to do that work for the very first time. God, will you change the trajectory of their life in this moment and for eternity? And, Lord, we know that's something that only you can do. That's not a self-help get better. That's a receive the gift of salvation and forgiveness and new life and, yes, new hope. And Lord, today I pray that you would show us the places where we have maybe misplaced our hope. God, whether it was in our 401k or whatever it was, the economy or the news or everything just going right, Lord, whatever that was, will you give us that course correction today that we are a people focused, a people with definite hope in your story, Lord. And Lord, finally today, may our focus on the story that you've invited us into be what we leverage our lives for. We've been so richly blessed, Lord. I don't think we could ever give away more than we've received. Challenge accepted, I think you would say. Lord, we want to be your kingdom people today with living hope in Christ Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.